hit record. That's Joseph Gordon-Levitt's TV show. Is that still going? Is that a thing still? It's still a website. I don't know about the TV show. <laughs> the last thing I knew about a Joseph Gordon-Levitt TV show, uh, I think it was called Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, guys. That's our friend Pam. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Katie. I'm Wesley. And this is... Viewing party. party! We forgot to tell you, we say it in unison. Wait, let's try it. Hold on. Plus Pam! <laughs> hey. Viewing, viewing Pam! Be- um. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 no, because you can't view Pam. We can. <laughs> it's got too meta for me. It's got. Yeah. Speaking this of way too meta. <laughs> Guess what movie we just watched? Well, we let Pam pick, so. Yes. What did you uh, pick, Pam? Um, I aggressively and assertively picked Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. <laughs> yes. I aggressively and assertively, she did say, um, IDK, Eternal Sunshine, question mark. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, it was, she, she asked me if I would like to be on the show, and if I was, what movie I'd like to watch, and immediately, without hesitation, <laughs> my brain was like, suggest this. Perfect. You had to, like, act like you didn't care that much. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's, I have to maintain some sort of casual air. And then somehow I was like, she's gonna tick pick Eternal Sunshine. Like, mm-hmm. this is gonna be the movie that we watch. Yep. And I'm very pleased that you did. Um, when was the last, I don't, when was the last time you guys saw this movie? I own it, but Did I haven't watched it. For- <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, I erased Probably it. Probably college. At I feel like that college. feels about right for me. Mine was 2016. It wasn't like, yeah. it was less than six months ago, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was it's one of your favorite movies. Like, yeah, that makes it'll sense. Be the movie I movie. love it. And when someone says that they haven't seen it, I'm always like, Oh, we should watch, you know, doing the casual thing again. We're inside. I'm like, you're going to watch this movie. I haven't seen this in forever. Maybe we should watch it together. (laughs) Well, like, actually, the last time I watched it, I, um, I sat there and I couldn't figure out whether this movie was just super predictable or whether I had seen it too many times. (laughs) So I just knew exactly what was happening. That's why we almost didn't need to watch Princess Bride to have the Princess Bride (laughs) discussion. I... It has been long enough from seeing this movie that I forgot about, like, two major plot points. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this has, this happened during something else that we watched, where I was like, oh, oh my gosh! Oh, yeah, it was, it was like, Bride. We were like, <laughs> oh, Katie. Nick did it! And we were oh, like, yes! Yeah. Oh, Katie framed them! I was like, I know this, I know this. <laughs> I completely forgot about big major twists, and I'm like, no, why? I didn't know! <laughs> I listened to you rediscovering that. You were like, wait, no, I knew that. Why did I act so surprised? <laughs> why did I? Why did my brain betray? I had it erased, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to erase, like, major plot points in movies. Well, that's good for rewatching. Yeah, it's it great keeps things fresh. Yeah. This is why I can rewatch movies and my brother does not, probably because he remembers the plot. <laughs> I'm like, the acting was so good. And you remember that one panning shot? People are like, no. <laughs> Katie, we were really paying attention to the story. I'm like, the cinematography was beautiful. And then I talk to people that way and I just like, I don't know if I sound like a like girl Owen Wilson or what happened there. <laughs> kind of Muppety a little bit. <laughs> a little Muppet Owen Wilson today. <laughs> that would be a great Muppet. So <laughs> I I have a question for you ladies to start this off. Okay. Why do you fall in love with every woman who pays attention to you? <laughs> mm-hmm. When, yeah, when that line jumped out, or like when that, when he said that line, I was just like, yes, yep. that's the question that everyone needs to ask. Why do you fall in love with every woman who pays a little bit of attention to you? Should it be part of like a class in high school? I think it should. Maybe it should be, it should be um, an awareness class. I think it maybe should be part of uh, the, the fifth grade health class when they start teaching you about your developing bodies and they separate the, like the boys and the, the girls. Way, yeah. And they say, you're going to think you love someone. Yeah. You're going to look at someone. If they look at you back, you're going to say, she's the one. I have that experience more often than I'm proud of. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm very self-aware when it's happening. I'm like, oh, I feel infatuated <laughs> real fast. I think 
I think that it definitely has to do with people who um, are more visionary and more sort of imaginative and daydream more often because you don't just see the person for what it is. You all of a sudden can see like your entire future with them and like yeah. what your guy's house would look like and how it'd be different from like the last checkout guy's house. <laughs> like picking out our like breed yeah. of dogs that we will have. Yeah, you're like, well this guy wouldn't have that dog with me. And like you can just You would have a collie. You can just see all the possibilities. And so like I think that you I think it's very easy to fall in love with possibilities and to fall in love with dreams. Pam's a philosopher. <laughs> Uh, if, you, if you didn't know that, let me run her resume down for you. She's a philosopher and a love expert. And I, well, English oh. major is really. <laughs> oh, did I read that wrong? I asked you to turn in your resume and I must have skimmed it. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I read the hobbies portion. You know, yeah, it was probably the hobbies. Yeah, probably you mix up psychic with philosopher. Uh, it happens all the time. But, you know, I think, I think that, um, it falling in love with people can be really hard. And so I think that it's just an easier leap to just like fall in love with a fantasy. So that's, you know, yeah, that's the idea I'm getting at with that. And I would absolutely say that this movie, um, I mean, it went through all of that, even if it didn't like say it outright, it's super said it outright Mm -hmm. (laughs) that, I mean, they, they set her up as the like manic pixie dream girl to end all manic pixie dream girls in a very self-aware way. Mm-hmm. Like she was very clear she on who she basically is. Basically knew she was a manic pixie yes. dream girl. Yes. Like, <laughs> she yeah. knew who she was to me. And what she is like and what's going on. And she pegged him from the beginning that like guys think that I complete them. Yeah. She was super self-aware of it. And so they both fell in love with an idea of each other. Mm-hmm. And then eventually realized like actually they are in love with like the substance of that person in a super super roundabout way mm-hmm. um so yeah like the i think they handled the falling in love part really well yeah should we so i'm this is probably the movie that the least people have seen in the world as far as fuck as a blanket statement of the movies we've chosen to record probably the last one we did is the least seen oh yeah because it just came out <laughs> um so i don't know should we go over like a plot line for those of you who haven't seen it wesley will recap it for you <laughs> Oh, I don't. I think we should have Pam recap it. Okay. It's your favorite. It is. You know what? Okay. I, I, I'm really okay. I'm thinking about movies. I'm really to bad recap it in details. I was gonna say I'm really bad at explaining movies because I get caught in details. Oh yes. Um, but effectively, <laughs> um, man falls in love with woman. Woman falls in love with man. Turbulent, exciting relationship. Woman gets mad, decides to have his memory erased from her brain because that's a capability that exists mm-hmm. in this version of reality. And it's a medical procedure and she has him erased and then he finds out and has her erased. And then the movie is just basically the journey through his memories and him watching those memories of her, like the bad times and the good slip away from him. And he slowly realizes that even though she's done this to him, he's making a mistake because he wants those memories and those are a part of him that he wants. Mm -hmm. And then there's some twist endings. Whoa! And there's surprises and twists and turns along the way. People fall, you know, there's, yeah. I think that that's a pretty, yep, there it is. So the cast of this movie is Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet play opposite each other. I really hate that term. (laughs) But they kind of do play opposite each other. Um, We also have Tom Wilkinson and uh, our favorite fan boy Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. <laughs> so like all of <laughs> can we just take a moment for Elijah Wood though? I would like to just make a comment that like the, like three primary like hard hitters as far as like men I've always been attracted to in movies <laughs> yes. are in this movie. Because yes. I've got a Jim Carrey, Elijah Wood, and of course Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> 
And I think it's just because like I'm half Italian. Like I think it's ingrained in my like in my biology to be attracted to that type of guy. So like I can't it's I can't help I it. I mean, when I'm looking at their photos here on yeah. their like page, I'm like, yeah. Please go Google all three of them. Like if you're not, if you're not in front of them, like just threesome. Bring it up. No! No! <laughs> Like a bad these Don't know. Turn safe search on, please, before you safe do anything. All, mom, safe search is always on. Safe search is always on. So, but yeah, anyway, absolutely. yeah. Um, I mean, a quick fun little side note. Pam and I went on a vacation a couple years ago. <laughs> out to Santa Monica, California. And like, through the road trip, I just kept whispering, like, this is where Elijah went. <laughs> Like, he probably stood on this pier. I'm positive he did. What if he was in the sand? Like, we were like I am touching the same things he potentially touched. Do you think he's been to this In-N-Out burger? Yeah. Like, yep. It was a really good... That's it was a good trip for us in the backseat. Like, oh my god. When Riggy will find his mom. <laughs> yes. Mom! That's what I was uh, super excited about. Um, no, I would absolutely have to agree with you that Mark Ruffalo has always, like, low-key been, like, a crush for me also. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. There was the um, – his character, at least the way he looks, reminds me of Matthew Broderick in mm-hmm. Godzilla from 1998. Wow. <laughs> it's, this is a very specific memory I have. Was a, I don't think I've seen that movie. <laughs> I don't think I have either. Okay, so I own it so we can watch it. It's the worst Godzilla <laughs> <laughs> and I was eight years old when it came out, and I remember watching this movie and thinking that he was so cute. Like, he had, like, dark hair, and he wore, like, kind of an artsy hat, and he had big, thick glasses, and he was smart and knew stuff about dinosaurs, and he was the worm guy was his nickname oh. in the movie, and I just thought he was the cutest thing. Yeah. And I watched it, ye- like, 10, 12 years later, and I sat there, and I was like, I have a type. That has always <laughs> been my type. And then I'm like, Mark Ruffalo in this movie is, is my type. Yeah. I was like, oh no, it just keeps happening. And then Kirsten Dunst is also one of the major people in this film. But Yes. Well, you, you yeah. like to ignore. We like to forget about yeah. Kirsten Dunst. She kind of throws a wrench For me, into she's stuff. one of those people like Cameron Diaz that shows up in movies I like, weirdly. Yes. But I'm like, oh yeah. right, she's in this. Yeah. She was my first real experience with a Manic Pixie Dream Girl, though, because I loved Elizabeth Town when it came out. Mm. I was super into it, and then I got older and was like, oh, this is a little messy yeah. emotionally. Natalie, I think Natalie Portman in Garden State was my first, like, major one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How would... Uh, she's the one most... Like, I think the term was coined from that, I yeah. believe. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for some of our viewers who don't know what we're talking about, I don't know how that is a thing, but I'm sure it's a thing. How would you guys, my cat farted. (laughs) Was it the cat? Was it you? No, it might be just burrito smell. No, I, maybe it's cat fart and burrito. (laughs) Okay. So how, (laughs) I think how would you define (laughs) my ending pixie dream girl? Let's see. Squidward. <laughs> <laughs> we could pull up that my blog from five years ago. You Your have blog. Oh, yeah, I'm guys. skim through it a little bit. Here. Shameless plug. Hold mm-hmm. on. Let's throw in a little commercial music. <laughs> guys, Wesley has a blog. I've had so many blogs. Did this you, is like a, the three blogs ago blog. Did you? <laughs> the three blogs ago. Uh, yeah, this post is from 2012, it looks like. So this post is... Five years old. Five years old. And end scene. Um, <laughs> do you want to, I mean, do you want to read it? You wrote sure. it, so. <laughs> I mean, it's been five what, years. What did you write it about? Um, I had watched A Room with a View and 500 Days of Summer and to compared classic literature <laughs> to Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie. So, <laughs> sure. As like one you do. does. <laughs> like one, as one does. So. Sorry. Um. <laughs> uh, The official definition of a Manic Pixie Dream Girl is um, coined by the writer Nathan Rabin. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Oh, dude invented it, of course. Well, he was a writer (laughs) talking about these characters. And there are bubbly, shallow, cinematic creatures 
that exists solely in the fevered imaginations of sensitive writer-directors to teach brooding, soulful young men to embrace life and its infinite mysteries and adventures. So I said, basically think of any film where a hipster intellectual type believes his life will never turn around, but that he meets a crazy girl who does her own thing and falls in love with her. She teaches him to love life and likes him for being so sensitive and adorable and usually somewhat nerdy and all is good in the world. So... So basically, it romanticizes the idea of a woman doing what she wants and being a, a whole person yeah. without showing her as a whole person and just being the because fun, bubbly shell. She's only a whole person to fix the dude who is not a whole person. Yeah. To complete his, like, missing boringness. Yeah. And <laughs> well, his boringness is present. But... And that's exactly, <laughs> that's aggressively what um, Eternal Sunshine kind of starts out with. You've got this quiet shy guy who is literally he just, he's writing he's literally <laughs> a writer and an artist yeah. <laughs> and he talks moody. to himself he's moody he talks about how he doesn't make eye contact with girls and how he'll never get a girlfriend because he won't even look at anyone and then he is pursued essentially by this girl wearing loud, flashy colors and orange she, sweatshirt, bright orange sweatshirt, <laughs> bright blue hair, will not leave him alone. Keeps making eye contact <laughs> with him, keeps mm-hmm. following him, engaging him in conversation, and you know. And I, I made a I made a comment about it when we were watching the movie. But in that first scene, um, they're they meet like on on the beach, empty like empty beach, just them, and then. Um, they start taking a train back home, independent of one another. You know, she sees him and comes and sits next to him because she's crazy. <laughs> oh, she's so wild. <laughs> um, and when she's turned around in the seat talking to him, there's this weirdly jaunty music playing. It's so awkward. It's so out of place and strange. And she's not saying cute <clears throat> things to him. She's saying, like, I am... I'm messed up. I'm crazy. She's saying kind of rude. She's (laughs) Yeah, she's very, very rude and, you know, saying things that are very bristly and would make you not want to talk to someone and doesn't really give you the impression of a bubbly pixie Mm -hmm. dream girl. You're like, she's got a lot of issues and there's something wrong with her. And she, you know, she could probably talk to a counselor and like really benefit from it. And there's just this jaunty, fun music. And like, I think from that moment, you sort of feel... Like, this is going to be um, really a movie making a statement about that Manic Pixie Dream Girl stereotype and sort of turning that on its head. Because yeah. he wants the same thing out of it that most, he, like, he is that sort of, like, guy that's mm-hmm. usually affected by Manic Pixie Dream Girls, but she's not that, she's not like that no. at all. No. She's because she's not like fun and happy and skipping around like she's angry and she has a lot of resentment and she's yeah. very like quick to react and mm-hmm. like in any emotional situation and like really speaks her voice mm-hmm. all of the time especially when it could seem super inappropriate and yeah. even when he's like I don't want it and she's like no we're talking about it mm-hmm. like we have to talk about this it's important mm-hmm. and like kind of just doesn't let him skate by in mediocrity in their relationship and yeah it absolutely turned it on it on its head in a way that's not like oh she kind of just floated away in the wind one day and he was left to be boring again it was like no she she wrecked him she grabs him him by the shirt and gives him the shakedown and forces him to be a part of the relationship she forces him to be present yes Mm -hmm. and i think um i was gonna say something about that um I don't know. It's just, he, he waits for her to change his life in a fun way. And like, she doesn't, that, that's what I was going to say. She doesn't act like she does a lot of spontaneous, crazy things. And like, just is, you know, Oh, let's go, let's go to this frozen lake. Let's mm-hmm. go to this. Let's go do that. And none of it is out of fun and frivolity. It's all mm-hmm. like you were saying, she's just, she's very, she's got a lot of pain. It's all because she's trying to escape. It's all because she's running away from something and like, She's trying to force him to be present, but she can't emotionally sit with her own feelings. Yeah. And so I feel like it takes, you know, like here's this this archetype and we're presented with this character that's full of depth and, you know, 
acts you know in a way that a guy who doesn't know her might think oh she's so fun she's so carefree but really she's acting out of pain and lashing out because she doesn't know how to control herself because she doesn't know how to deal with her feelings yeah i had a thought and i'm writing it down hold on okay being a writer don't mind hold on no as you were saying that i was thinking about um it just reminded me that she changes her hair color all the time. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of the other classic Manic Pixie Dream Girl, um, Ramona Flowers from Scott. Oh, Ballroom. yeah. But, like, that's another classic, like, girl isn't really dealing with stuff, but literal escapism. She has a magical, like, portal to some other dimension <laughs> that she can just, like, get out whenever that's, she wants. Yeah, that's true. She does just, like, skate through his memories, literally. Mm-hmm. I've had... I... In my relationships with men, I've had more instances where, like, I have been equated to Ramona Flowers Mm -hmm. for men in my life in a way that, like, is, A, kind of flattering because I I liked that character and I liked reading that character. And at the Mm -hmm. same time, I was, like, clearly aware that I'm, like, she is super messy and very controlling and... Mm -hmm like way manipulative and I was like uh thank you I'm so glad that you see me as like wonderful and mysterious and forward and just yeah. like I just like cut through nonsense and yet I'm like ooh, but there's also this like she was super broken down by a really abusive dude once yeah. and you're trying to like are you trying to save me from something mm-hmm. it's this really messy archetype that I'm like thank you and what are you really saying about me right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the one that I think is one of the most obvious because she has seven evil exes and everything, yeah. but it should be the most obvious. That's like, dude, you don't really want to date Ramona. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> like really? Do There's you really? <laughs> There's a lot to uh, get through. Um, and you might not be mm-hmm. up for that challenge, but of course it's the dorky guy who's up for the, challenge somehow mm-hmm. good old michael sarah <laughs> he can he can do anything i guess <laughs> so we got into a totally different movie there <laughs> one thing we did i also appreciate about this movie is like a lot of times with the manic pixie dream girl and like the guy who's along for the ride it's always this girl who's just really attractive <laughs> and just way out of the league of mm-hmm. the guy And so one thing that I appreciate about this movie is that they're, like, the same age. And I feel like they look like a real couple. Yeah. And they interact like real people. And yes, I think this movie is very uncomfortably intimate because you you don't just see them going out and you don't see them like, oh, we're cooking dinner tonight. You see... the boring stuff you see them being silly you see them you know we mm-hmm. were talking about how when you're in a couple sometimes you yeah. do stupid stuff like one of the games they play in the movie is smothering each other with a pillow yeah. like and then once one person's on they switch and they go okay now your turn and like you just see the stupid silly stuff that doesn't make sense to anyone else but you and so but you find it fun and silly and playful and intimate and it's the way that in that moment yeah. that's how you're connecting yeah. and yeah, they show, I think a lot of movies try to show in montage format. They're like, this is them in a relationship, and isn't that fun and cute and goofy? And like La La Land tried really hard, but they didn't show the mundane stuff like this yeah. one did, where I actually, like, I am rarely watching this movie, and I'm like, I doubt they really were into, like, yeah. it just feels like these are two people who, like, really are gelling together. Yeah. And, like everything that's uncomfortably like heated and bitter and full of resentment, it feels mm-hmm. like that feels right. And like mm-hmm. this is a conversation I have had in my life. Yeah. And everything that's like insecure, like I'm like, yep, had that conversation. Yeah. Like every one of them, <laughs> we were watching the movie, and I was just like, me, me, <laughs> me. I've been <laughs> here. I've felt it. this. I've done this. I've probably quoted the movie and not meant to at some point. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And like, I, I would like to tell you about the first time I ever saw this movie. Please. Um, I, you know, like we said, I love Jim Carrey. I love Elijah Wood. I love well, Mark Ruffalo. So like, much. I love psychological, interesting things. I love the bizarre. <laughs> so when I heard about this movie, I was really excited about it. And it came out, what, in 2004? Yeah. Yes. Um, so I was like 
I was in high school. I was like in the middle of high school. And um, in the middle of high school, I was in my first serious relationship. And it was, it was not good. It was very like emotionally, just like, it was kind of an emotionally manipulative and abusive situation. And so I was feeling a lot of feelings that I was too young to feel and like experiencing just way too much. And so I was just sort of like in a heavier place in my life. And when I saw this movie, it was at night um, by myself in my bedroom. And I sounding like when I saw the fault in our stars. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I started watching the movie and um, you know, there's the opening sequence and then um, it goes through like the title sequence where Jim Carrey is just like in his car, just sobbing. Just like the man wept, just hard <laughs> sobbing. And when I saw the movie, I started crying there and was just in some stage of tears for the rest of the movie because because it lets you in so close. You can feel it like you feel yes. it and you're like, this is real. And I know what this feels like. And it's just it makes it too relatable. And just like there are times when they're playing around and then he does something that bothers her like and she mm-hmm. just turns off and like turns away from him and like it hurts to watch because you're like I've seen people do that to me and I've done that to people Mm -hmm. and it's just it's hard it's hard to see and it's you know it's hard to go through that in such a confronting way yeah because I mean it's one thing to go through it and then you have your own experience tied to it and you're like this is how it is because this is all that I know in my own perspective and then to see it objectively in front of you Mm -hmm. and like and like you said, yeah, it's that intimate that you really, through the whole movie, feel like every scene is, it could be something that you've done or that you've seen other people do. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really, uh, isn't that, oh, I'm about to say the name of another movie, like, <laughs> incredibly close and loud. Extremely <laughs> loud and incredibly close. That's yeah. the one. Which I haven't seen. I, I haven't seen, seen it, either. but I know the title of that movie and that's yeah. what that feels like. Oh, Hannah's giving that one a thumbs up. <laughs> But yeah, with, I mean, with that, I think it also gives, gives you perspective because, um, when you're in those situations and it's yours, Mm. it's very easy to deal with things by vilifying somebody. Yes. And this doesn't let you do that because you fall Mm -hmm. in love with both of the characters and you fall in love with what they have and the way things, it's just, it's so delicately like written directed Mm -hmm. acted like it's just beautifully done so you never feel like one person was wrong and one person was right Mm -hmm. you see when they both mess up and you see when they're both trying and I think that's what makes it harder is like you kind of have to face that for yourself like well in these situations where I've said something is you know all this person's fault because they made me do this like Mm -hmm. maybe it wasn't Maybe it wasn't. Actually, maybe two people made their own conscious decisions mm-hmm. or unconscious decisions. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pounding clementines here, guys. Yeah, we... On a lighter <laughs> note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, continue. Yeah. Go for it. We didn't really think too hard. We just went for the clementines to... And I ruined popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> Some other snacks we had ideas for. Ooh, yeah. Where you you they said were amazing. Mark Ruffles. <laughs> Mark, yeah. Um, I suggested Jolie guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty. Hold on, I can find that list. Uh, Jim Curry. Yes. <laughs> uh, Jolie guacamole. Yeah, those are the big ones. I think those you are the good um. Ones. You remembered that they had a chicken potato. There were potatoes were yeah. very important in this movie. I said the, th- the I said the three things that we need are potatoes, Chinese food, and chicken. Because <laughs> yeah. potatoes, like Clementine makes um, like little figures with potatoes through the whole. And like you don't so see weird, her though. making them; they're just on display in yes, her house. It's yeah. the okay. So that's a really <laughs> it's kind of a plot hole. 
where like they reference the potatoes <laughs> and you see the potatoes and she's referred to as the girl with the potatoes yeah. at one point but you she doesn't you would never witness her no, creating them we never witness anything happening with them there's just like they potato just people just a fact about her i think maybe if she's like secretly cat bug yeah. <laughs> and she's running around like Wabaka! <laughs> but yeah so yeah there's the, uh, there's the potatoes they they eat Chinese food a lot. Like it they seems do, like that's yeah. their t- probably their to go night in kind there of restaurant. There was a line about it. Like oh, we're having this again. Yeah, yeah, and we're gonna become Are one of those sad people at the restaurant. Right, yeah. the zombie, like the dead couple. I uh, and then the chicken, which is <laughs> the first way that they met when she just takes a piece of chicken. Off oh the yeah, plate. when he. Opened. That's what I said. Yeah, that's the first moment. You Sorry. remembered some like serious details. I told you, I know this movie. movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good. <laughs> I mean, it's great. If I, we had watched Lord of the Rings ever, I don't think Wesley would do it. <laughs> I mean, it would be, we'd get real serious. We'd have a, like, guests for, like, an entire series of... I'm having really good ideas with okay. Wesley. Okay. <laughs> like, oh, my good. God, yes. A whole lineup of, like, we're going to go to Middle Earth for a month. Yeah. <laughs> Wesley is out of town. Oh, Wesley out of town. So Katie just thought she'd have her own podcast. Katie went off the rails and into the Shire. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, I had a really good thought about... Oh, so this movie won the Oscar for Best Screenplay, Best yeah. Original Screenplay. Mm-hmm. And there were so many moments where... <clears throat> Duh, it won because they do more showing and less telling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then, like, I mean, the it's, dialogue isn't all that crazy. Like, no. inspiring. No, it's very normal. The actual storyline. Yeah. They try to quote, like, Nietzsche for a hot second, and you're like, all right, dumb girl, quit trying to be smart. Yeah. But it's, the, it's that very obvious, it's super self aware. That was Kirsten Dunst, and that's why she felt that way. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've had issues with her since MJ because she took Tobey Maguire from me and okay. then decided to die. I had issues with her <laughs> interview with a vampire. Like, come on. <laughs> I didn't like that movie either. It runs deep. But yeah, sorry. She was trying to quote. It runs deep, Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Taylor Swift and you're not. Okay. <laughs> you're whatever girl she's fighting right now. <laughs> Whichever feud. <laughs> You're not in my squad, Kirsten. It'll probably be a different person than when the episode goes up, too. I know. That's why I'm not saying any names. I'm like, I don't know. She I don't keep up with Taylor Swift. <laughs> Maybe she's Taylor Swift. <laughs> Anyways. I don't know who's Taylor Swift in this scenario. Where was I? Uh, you're talking oh, about uh, Kirsten Dunst and trying going? to sound smart by quoting... Oh, yeah. So any like, of the moments where they do attempt to be, like, bold and inspiring... It's really self-aware, and it's like a, a character who's actively trying to and kind of failing at it yeah. in, a, in an endearing enough way. Yeah. We're like, okay, like you're trying, and but there's no big line that's like there's no big speech about like this is what love is, mm-hmm. and this is memory, mm-hmm. and here's our stance on it. And they don't stick a flag in any one place. They're yeah. just kind of like it can. I mean, it's up to anybody and anybody's interpretation in the relationship of what all of that means and looks like in any given moment. Yeah. I'm glad that that, <laughs> glad that, that was coherent because I was like, is this yeah. a coherent thought? <laughs> I'm just going to excuse my comment. Okay. I feel like this this is um, a movie that can be really terrific or really scary to watch um, it, with somebody that you're dating depending on where you are in your relationship. I, I wouldn't mean, watch it after a fight. <laughs> no, no, I think that'd be a dangerous idea. We said that about the last movie we watched. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> but I think that, you know, if for for new couples, I think it's sort of like, I think it could be like an interesting exercise and like what to watch out for and oh, like, yeah. you know, don't, don't let this become you. And <laughs> for I think for couples who are sort of like in that place already, it's sort of, it, it can get emotional. I think it, and I think it has the potential to like open up a lot of conversations. Yeah. I don't know if that'd be good or bad. <laughs> I guess it depends on who you are, yeah. but it just, it has that potential. I, I definitely believe that. I guess I come from the place that anything that's opening up a conversation mm-hmm. 
between people like is inherently going to be I mean of course like a learning experience if that's what you choose and of course depending on where people are and what they're choosing like it could be good or it can be bad and I think that you pick that at any moment Mm -hmm. so it's like it's both like it can get real hairy and real yucky and real like very very confronting for people um or it could be like oh I or it could even be like a moment where like a couple could look at it in a totally different place and say remember when we were in that really yucky place and we almost Mm -hmm. broke up and like I remember what that was like and I also know that like for the couples who like stick it out and it is healthy mm-hmm. to be able to say like I'm glad that we did and then it also brings up I mean the idea of these characters like do you sense that they were actually in a healthy relationship or not yeah because it brings up the whole like are they meant to be mm-hmm. and what does that mean if it's harmful like what of the person you're like quote destined for mm-hmm. is actually the most harmful person for you yeah then what do you do with that <laughs> Not that we need to answer that question in this podcast, but it sure brings it up. Yeah, it sure sure makes you think about it. There were a lot of interesting relationships in this movie besides just the main one. Mm -hmm. Um, The doctor and his wife is a whole other fascinating relationship, like that triangle. What did you you call his wife? Oh. You said like... (laughs) She's the realist. Oh, yeah. I said that she's the realist character here. Yeah. She probably is the most. She's actually. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was the whole, um, the guy, like, I don't know how much we want to spoil the movie. Probably. That's what I was wondering. But but yeah, the character who's essentially stealing someone else's memories to, like, (laughs) ingrain himself in someone else's relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like what does that do to a person <laughs> right. who they're like feeling deja vu for something that they were supposed to have forgotten? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then the Mark Ruffalo and Kirsten Dunst kind of romance, but not mm-hmm. the hookup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. There's a lot of types of relationships to explore there. And I think, I think no matter who you are, you sort of, are able to really clearly see yourself in one of these characters, you know, because there's the successful relationship that's lasted through, you know, with, with the doctor and his wife, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a successful relationship that's lasted years. They have children, they're older. Yeah. Um, but this, you know, someone may throw, Yeah. yeah, someone may throw a wrench in that at any time. And, you know, then there's budding relationships that just don't work out. And then there's people who, um, you know, Patrick. Patrick. <laughs> we don't want to spoil Patrick for you, but damn, but, Patrick. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> he, he, clearly, he clearly has a lot of issues. And I, you know, it makes you wonder, like, what's his own self-worth if he doesn't feel yeah. like he's good enough mm-hmm. to attract somebody that he needs to pretend to be someone else? Yeah. I would watch, like, a whole spinoff about Patrick. Not, I mean, well, yes. Or <laughs> now, hold on. <laughs> I was going to say, you can just follow him on Twitter. <laughs> he's pretty active. He's pretty, he's got that new. Not that I follow He's got that new movie on Netflix. Do. I actually, I had this straight up thought, so I guess I'll run it by you live <laughs> on air. Like any movie that has Elijah Wood in it, we should have Pam on. Oh my gosh! You guys have your own Are we gonna watch Open Windows again? Yeah. <laughs> never look that up. Please never look that movie up. Don't, don't watch that movie ever. No. Let me. Can I tell a quick story about okay. it though? We were watching this movie to pretty much to like waste time before we were doing something else. I think. I and I hope that's why we watch this movie. And we were about 20 minutes from the end, and we both had guessed, like, this is how it's going to end, right? And we're like, yeah, probably. And we're like, well, we don't have enough time to finish the movie before we got to go, so what if we fast forward? And as we're fast forwarding, we were like, yup, 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 we got it. That's exactly what we thought was happening. We were like, no way. Everything we That's guessed amazing. we knew was happening. Yeah. And then it got and awful. And, and then it went even crazier than we thought, and we are like, this is one of the worst it was this is one of the worst ways to watch elijah wood close up for two hours yeah it was also about an hour longer than necessary yeah it could have been it could have been like a short film a short film for sure (laughs) 
for so, sure. So thanks a lot for how much you guys love him. <laughs> That's saying no. a lot it, about that yeah, movie. Yeah. It could have been like one of those little things that like Nickelodeon used to play during commercial breaks. Like, whoa, here's the little mini show. And, like, <laughs> it could have been one of those. Like, would have been way censored sponsored down. Sponsored by Verizon or something. I don't, know what the, I don't know what the TV cut would look like because it was so awful. Oh, no. There was so much happening. Yeah. It was so scary really uncomfortable yeah not not for the right reasons though. no not no it wasn't like the office <laughs> uncomfortable mm-hmm. it was like please oh please no don't do this to a human um so yeah so don't watch that movie but <laughs> i would suggest watching this movie because on top of us really <laughs> loving it um i was looking it up and it got um it's got a 93 percent on rotten tomatoes what mm-hmm. is it um what do you rotten mm-hmm. tomatoes Eternal Sunshine. Oh, I was like, wait, this movie. movie. I thought oh, you were okay. like pitching a third movie. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was bringing it really back. Excited. I'm just really excited about Eternal Sunshine. Um, you don't say. It's, it's only, it's it's rated R, so if you've got sensitive ears, maybe don't watch it. Or, you know, watch it with someone who knows where the bad words are. I'll watch you it with you. You could get yourself some TV <laughs> guardian. Um, we'll come to your house. It's less than two hours. Um, it got a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, 89% on Metacritic, if you care about Metacritic. So, I mean, nice. it's scored really Here's highly. A, yeah. This is my, uh, may, I, uh, may I read my favorite, like, viewer review that I found? Is yeah. it positive or negative? It's a little bit of both. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to fight whoever said the negative. No, I'm just It's a good thing. I'm going to fight them. Well, you'll be fighting. You're not allowed to have your own opinions. Blue Vista GT. On, yeah. Uh, Amazon, on Amazon <laughs> Prime. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I will be. He gave it uh, four stars. Okay. And uh, Out of five? Out of five. Okay. And he titled it Eternal Craziness. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite, weirdest review I found. Uh, okay. Quote, one of the most bizarre movies I have ever seen. I went into this movie with reservations. Jim Carrey. Okay. (laughs) She's like, what you got against Jim? I'm already there. Like, like, what's his zip code? (laughs) I must admit that I've been a fan since his roots from In Living Color, but always cautious based on his previous movies. I'm sorry, you didn't like Ace Ventura? (laughs) Masterpiece. (laughs) I'm sorry. I literally had a poster of Ace Ventura Pet Detective above my bed as a child. I had the Muppets poof spoof. (laughs) Spoof of that poster in my house. Excellent. (laughs) Um, Okay, so wait, I'm going to pause for a moment. I kind of get that. Some people feel that way because wasn't this movie his kind of like first like step into dramatic roles? Yeah. Since which personally, I think it's wonderful when comedic actors do serious roles. Yeah. Like they can bring such a nuance to it. Like, like um, one of my other favorite movies is Stranger Than Fiction, Mm. and like Mm -hmm. that role, like where. Will Ferrell is a like serious character. Like I didn't it's see that fantastic. Coming. It was wonderful. It's so good. Like and then like things you don't think about. Like um, somehow John Hamm landed Mad Men and is like the goofiest weirdo in real yes. life. I just He's listened so to funny. another podcast that had him on there. Dumb People Town. Oh. Go listen to it. Pretty funny, but if you have sensitive ears, don't. <laughs> and John Hamm showed up like, on this podcast. We watched him for 10 years hilarious. in Mad Men, and we're like, oh, he's a serious actor. And then you're like, no, no how did no. he get this He's role? a comedian. He was on, like, the dating game or something. <laughs> I've heard, like, well, in, in my theater classes, one of my, one of my theater professors told us that a lot of times selling comedy is a lot harder than mm-hmm. selling drama yeah because you have to be way better yeah. to be a comedian yeah mm-hmm. it's not just the content you have mm-hmm. to sell it with everything you've got so i think that seeing comedic actors in drama is really fulfilling because yeah. they have you know like you said it's a lot more nuanced yeah. And- yeah i watched a round table discussion with jim carrey and ben stiller mm-hmm. and um a couple other guys uh, I don't. Re- I just remember that like Ben Stiller like produced it, yeah. And Jim Carrey was on there, and it was a few comedians talking about it. And he, Jim Carrey, if you ever have the chance to like watch him in a serious interview, I mean, 
dude's full of sage wisdom. Yeah, <laughs> like he's actually that. one yeah. of the more brilliant people in the entertainment business. And he just talked about like, you cannot have comedy without tragedy. It doesn't exist oh, yeah. because comedy is tragedy with timing. I yeah. think is like the yeah, quote that yeah, everybody yeah. knows. I'm going to get, that's my first tattoo. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let's go get tattoos together. Yeah. I would totally have that tattoo. I would, I would totally have that on my body. That'll be my somewhere. first tattoo. I'll let you know. We'll like reference it to Jim Carrey. <laughs> God. I actually drew him a picture of like him in the mask when I was a child and like sent it to him. Oh my goodness. And then like a week later I saw him on Oprah talking to her about how he wanted to kind of like because she kept asking him about that movie and he was like, I really want to like separate myself from that and I cried so hard. Oh. But it's okay because he sent me like one of the photocopied like headshots that said spank you very much oh. <laughs> it was okay in the end but it like just it devastated me when I saw him saying that and I was like I just sent that to him and he's gonna be reminded of it and I he just said it he doesn't want to so, well yeah his publicist sent you more than zoom sent me when I auditioned so <laughs> <laughs> but sorry back to the uh the very important 30 quote. minutes later <laughs> let's get back to the review Okay, on the other side of the coin, Kate Winslet plays his eccentric love interest who always captures my heart in every role. <laughs> Where's he live? I'm fighting this guy. <laughs> now she is Pam's perfect, rolling up her sleeves. But <laughs> she's like, I'm rolling up her sleeves. Hot <laughs> Pam? Are you no, ready? Yeah, no. <laughs> Where you go? Get riled up. <laughs> The cats are still scared. I'm not scaring the cats. Okay, so we're good. Um, This is my favorite. This is what made it my favorite review I've ever read of this movie. Quote, this role made every guy wish he could meet a girl just like this. I am speaking for myself. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bro. Why do you get to speak for every other man? Like, is this just the, like, hashtag not all men moment? That's, that's <laughs> such a loaded generalization for so many reasons. I don't like roller coaster ride movies with plots that bounce back and forth, but this one was the exception. Did the plot bounce back and forth? No, the plot stays. There's a plot. It's, it's a pretty... <laughs> And they, like, lay it out real... Like, it may like, be out of order right a little bit, but, but yeah. it's clearly one plot. The you can timeline hair dye <laughs> if you wonder where we are in the time period. Very true. <laughs> it's color-coded for you. Yeah. <laughs> blue period. <laughs> oh, we're in the blue period. It's the early days. Was orange her final hair color? Was that the... Um, blue was the... Because blue is at the very beginning, yeah. and that's the oh, very yeah, end. yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, okay, so, uh, Sorry. <laughs> other reviewers have already summed up the plot quite well. I will add, of course you will, <laughs> that I found myself, mm, mm, I thought you spelled it wrong, mesmerized and hoping for the happy ending that everyone wants and expects from a movie like this. <laughs> I was not. Did you ever, any time, the first time you watched this, did you sit down and say, boy, boy I hope it's got a happy ending? <laughs> no. It's called Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. So I guess if you're like, sunshine. I was like, what, 16? I was like 16 or 17 years old. I'm going to cry. Sitting there sobbing alone in my room. (laughs) In the first 10 minutes. I wasn't waiting for the happy ending. Like a happy rom-com kind of movie. It's going to be a great guy. This isn't love actually, okay? Right. Oh my gosh. Uh, where where was I? Supporting actors also did a fine job. Kirsten Dunst dancing on the bed in her undies. Priceless. Well, thanks. <laughs> I wish there was a way to say my facial expression is just empty and just dead, dead inside dead. without me having to tell you. <laughs> if you're looking for something a little out in left field... But entertaining nonetheless. Check this sci-fi romantic comedy out. Has <laughs> this person watched movies before? I was going to say, can I be honest with you? This It sounds like we're listening to a review from a person who watches like... Uh, I don't know. He, he like only watches movies that are based on like history. Like he just watches like, historical just fiction. <laughs> Like, I've only like seen Moneyball that's based, based off of a book <laughs> yeah. about a sport, about a business model. Like, 
to him, Trey Parker and Matt Stone are like the end of the spectrum for weird and out there. Speaking of a money ball, though, no, wait, it wasn't money ball. It was like Mr. 3000 is what I'm thinking of. Don't worry about it. Okay. It was filmed in my hometown and I was super salty that I didn't get to uh, audition for it. Mm. It's fine. So, yeah, no, this sounds like the kind of guy who, like, maybe he maybe watches the things that are normally nominated for Oscars just so he can talk about movies that he's seen to other people. Like, oh, I saw that. My thoughts are... I feel like this guy really loves the movie Boondock Saints. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He might like Like, the Fast and the Furious. He's got the posters. Like triple, like he's that kind of guy. He probably wrote this while eating walking tacos. Like he loved, he loved triple X. So he watched the Chronicles of Riddick because it was Vin Diesel and got nervous. Because he's like, this is sci-fi and weird. This nerd stuff. (laughs) This is the nerd stuff. (laughs) Yes, I think we've really pegged this person. (laughs) And they became the roast of the Amazon. GT. Okay. Oh, that that one hundred percent says I love the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> right? Like, what are you referencing though? Um, last last little sentence here. If the movie cover had not included the couple laying on the ice together, I would have never figured out what this movie was about based on the name alone before watching it. My favorite part is that I have this little tab here where I can click read less <laughs> and like. And make it go away. Um, of course, you don't know what it's going to be based on that title. So then that got me to thinking, how many movies do you read the title and you're like, oh, yep, I know exactly what that's about. Gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got one. One down. The Fast and the Furious. Titanic. Titanic. <laughs> I think that those are his favorite movies. Like, it just sounds like a good one like, word. Yeah. Very the obvious. good wife. Like, wait, no, what? <laughs> I don't get it. Is she good? If it weren't for the picture on the cover, I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't know that she was a woman. I wouldn't have figured that out from the title. Silence of the Lambs. There wasn't actually a lamp. The cover had me even more confused because there was a skull butterfly on the cover. I didn't see any skull butterflies. There was a guy. And then there was a poodle. I don't know. There was a flesh suit. I think I couldn't look at it. It was weird. It was sci-fi. schedule all the guests i was like on it it like, would be a podcast it was like immediate i'm glad that this was a good experience for everybody is this good for you yeah i had fun i'd be back i'd be back if you had me back if you do repeat guests uh yeah probably, probably. <laughs> don't have that many friends <laughs> you got fan favorite Pam Pam's bag this week maybe not fan favorite maybe your favorite but like we'll see if we get fan mail yeah Pat's favorite <laughs> she's Tallulah's favorite right now Tallulah for the record has just like been curled up in the corner of a couch this whole time with her face like hard pressed against the arm in a way that, like, if you slept that way as a person, you would wake up and need neck surgery. <laughs> yeah, like I gotta go to yoga. <laughs> my ears like, glued to my shoulder. Yeah, that would be. I mean, I've done that before, so I know what that looks like. Your ear to your shoulder. Experience, like, <laughs> no, I just had that, that feel. I woke up with that feel before. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, are we? We're good. Are do we have any closing thoughts? On this, uh, we covered our snacks. We were not sponsored by cuties. We are not sponsored by cuties. Seedless mandarins from California. <laughs> Easy peel. What was the line about <laughs> my tangerine, like juicy and um, seedless? And I was yeah. like, what is happening? And seedless? No. <laughs> That yeah. was another moment that I was like, that's so real in relationships. You did. Yeah, like, I remember you saying you that. You say one word and someone else just kind of like takes it a little further mm-hmm. and. 
That was the cutest moment ever. Yeah, she, she dyes her hair like neon orange, like her sweatshirt. Yeah. And she says, do you like it? And comes out and he's like, mm, my tangerine. <laughs> and then he's like, juicy, seedless. <laughs> as he's like, as she's, you know, starting to kiss him. It's just like weird. <laughs> like, yeah. what? But it's yeah. just one this, of those intimate couple moments. Yeah. This movie for me solidified um, that I would totally be in a relationship with Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or at least Joel Barish. True. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, did, I can't separate the two. <laughs> they're they're all the same. same. It's all, uh, clearly, this character is exactly like him in, Obviously. in, in the real life. IRL. <laughs> in the real life. I don't know. Mark Ruffalo's character seems pretty stable um, if you compare him to everyone oh, else. Oh, that's yeah. true. He does seem pretty sane. So, you didn't everyone. mention that Mark Ruffalo's character is... You put this really perfectly that he's supposed to be the like weird out of whack one with the crazy hair and he's yeah. like really like screwing up his job, but like actually he's like the, <laughs> he's only, the only he's the one. voice of reason. Yeah. It's like yeah. you can't do that. This is unacceptable. This is totally unethical. Why are you doing yeah. that? He's the only person who seems to be like emotionally stable and yes. secure in who he is and what he's doing. It's got some job security. It's the glasses. It's the glasses. Yeah. Dem glasses and the weird undercut. Yeah. <laughs> and he's also got the confidence to wear the whitey tighties. <laughs> yeah. There we are. Um, the, the thought that I had earlier that I rudely was like, don't talk to me. I'm writing. Was, God. I, I, I'm not even going to preface it. That like, in spite of, all of the forced forgetting in the story, we're still presented with the fact that once you're woken up to something and once you know something, you can't unknow it. Yeah. Was my like big takeaway from this. Yeah. That he, like he through his relationship with her for better or worse, like saw new parts of himself Mm -hmm. and saw a different confidence in himself Mm -hmm. where when they first met, he couldn't make eye contact. And by the end of it, he was like, wait, I need you to wait. And he was like, this is what I need from you right now. I don't know what it means, but I need it. And he was able to speak up for himself finally. Mm -hmm. And I think he discovered something through all of this in himself. And she did too. Yeah. That she doesn't always have to walk away either. She can actually stay and be Mm -hmm. safe. Yeah. That like they knew something that even though a lot, it was all erased, like they can't unknow it. And I I think if you don't really consider that, um, the fact that like, I mean, they see each other and they, they wait for each other. I think that if, if you don't consider that, that ending can kind of seem bleak. Yes. Because it's like they're stuck in this cycle now. Right. But but they're learning. And they're they, woke. They're changed. <laughs> they're they're changing. Yeah. It's exactly like you said. Like yeah. both of them have changed their their instinct basically and in how yeah. to approach a scary situation. Because his instinct is to not engage and her instinct is to run, which is why she got memory erased in the first place yeah it was a bad fight and she just decided that it was over and so yeah i mean yeah like they know what the ending could look like and they're like okay like i'm willing to like accept that that scene when they were in his memory when she says like what if you don't leave this time like what if we do something different yeah (laughs) what if we change beautiful yeah yeah I, I think it might just be, like, that I love this movie so much, but, like, I'm getting goosebumps, like, thinking about it. When yeah. you said that just now, I was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I don't know. Yeah. It um, also inspired me to color my hair again. <laughs> <laughs> I have a real, every time I watch this movie, I'm like, oh, I just want to color my hair, though. Yeah. Maybe not that, not that bright, but I just, I, I get that. I yeah. get that. That's how I relate to her. <laughs> Via hair color. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you for being our that. first guest. Yeah, best guest ever. Yeah, to date. <laughs> I'll take home the championship. You're way better belt. than yeah. Tallulah, who's uh, like sleeping. But or, she's cuter. So, or she what's her head dad's name again? Though, so that's yeah. fair. Yeah, she's out. And Matilda, who like jumps on stuff. Yeah, <laughs> who's a yeah? Just gets into everything. Well, if you found any of this remotely tantalizing, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Viewing Party Pod. Without the A, because the A was taken. Yeah, no A in party. Viewing Party Pod. Or you can email us at our G... You can Gmail us. Yeah. (laughs) 
at uh, viewingpartypod at gmail.com. And we have a website. We do have a website now. If you didn't now. find us through the website, I don't know how you found us. You it. probably found us on iTunes. What? Because Whoa. we're there now, too. <laughs> and that's where you can rate and review us and be like, hey, everyone, listen to this cool new podcast. Don't rate me on my looks. <laughs> Like can't because because I don't need your validation. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> also you can't see me. Jokes on you. Unless <laughs> they went through your website. Oh, well you can also yep. It's linked to my Instagram. Oh no, I ruined it. Oh no. Um, but our website is viewingpartypod.com. Yeah, and uh, if you want to find us on oh iTunes and iTunes. <laughs> If you want to find us on iTunes, just search Viewing Party. That's yeah. it. That's Don't type in anything else and don't let it autofill. Yeah. Viewing Party is where you'll find us. Yep. You'll recognize us because my cat is in the, the iTunes art. You'll like Sex. it a lot more than <laughs> other art on iTunes. True. <laughs> yeah, we guarantee it. <laughs> this is our latest awkward sign-off. I'm Katie. I'm Wesley. And I'm Pam. And Peggy. <laughs> and this Had is to Pam. get our Lid Manuel reference <laughs> this. <in there. laughs> yes. We can't leave without one. <laughs> can't leave him hanging. Um, and this has been Viewing Party. Yay. Join us next week when we watch something different and talk about something else entirely. Perfect. Bye. Bye. <laughs>